Hello, everybody, and welcome to the X Factor with the Crypto Hipster. This is your host, Jamil Hassan, the Crypto Hipster, where I bring you the X Factor weekly news, analysis, updates, and commentary. My my commentary, not as delightful to hear as Elon Musk's commentary, but my commentary from all around the world of crypto and blockchain. And today, it's I have season four. Episode 8, this is episode number total 68, we're rocking and rolling over a year and a quarter of the Crypto uh, Hipsters X Factor, so thank you for joining each and every Friday, thank you for joining me today, I appreciate all the uh, listens and we are on to a great show, thank you for joining, so let's talk about first my favorite centralized exchange, Coinbase. Coinbase tracks a 6% rise in requests from law and government agencies. Crypto exchange Coinbase says it recorded a 6% rise in requests from law enforcement and government agencies compared to 2022, with the number of jurisdictions issuing requests jumping by, by 19, according to their annual transparency report. I didn't even know they had a transparency report, so good job on a transparency report. Four countries, the U.S., Germany, U.K., and Spain, made up nearly three-quarters, 73%, of the 13,079 agency requests for Coinbase for information between Q4 2022 and Q3 2023. The U.S. made up 5,686 requests, up from 5,304 the year before, with 90% of those from criminal enforcement agencies. Not civil, but criminal. That number dwarfed Germany's 1,906 requests, which ranks second. Uh, Germany was last year, the former year, there was, they were second, there was third, now there's second. And then Spain is there as well. Uh, meanwhile, Australia sent 262% more requests to Coinbase compared to the previous year, placing it sixth. Ukraine's request more than tripled, and Portugal is more than doubled, but those countries did not register in the top 15. So, interesting. The report covered uh, customer information such as name, recent login, IP address, payment information, and uh, the request counted included subpoenas, court orders, search warrants, and other formal legal processes. So, Looks like Coinbase is cooperating with legal authorities and looks like the authorities are cleaning things up. And so I don't know why the government in the U.S. continues or certain people in the government say, oh, crypto is only for criminals. Well, they're catching the criminals and they're prosecuting the criminals. And so it's, it's, the place, space is getting cleaned up. So if you if that's your excuse or that's your reason you don't like crypto, you got your head in the sand. Got to take your head out of the sand. This is quicksand. Good way to get rid of your quicksand is to have your voters vote for somebody else. Let's go on to Circle. Circle denies claims of illicit financing ties to Justin Sun. Let's see. According to an open letter, that's an open letter. The open letter. The letter was in an envelope and they opened it. USD coin, stablecoin issuer Circle has denied claims of illicit financing and ties to Tron founder Justin Sun. 
in an open letter posted to Circle's blog on November 30th, yesterday. A nonprofit watchdog group previously accused Circle of having ties to Sun. Apparently he does not. The post was published on November 11 and modified on November 30, but Cointelegraph, who they sent it to, couldn't determine the publication date of the letter itself. Well, you know, that's relevant. The letter was addressed to U.S. Senators Elizabeth Warren and Sherrod Brown and signed by Circle Chief Strategy Officer and Head of Public Policy Dante Desparte. In the letter, Desparte claims that Circle has recently become aware of false claims being made about it by the so-called Campaign for Accountability. That letter adds to that Circle does not facilitate directly or indirectly or finance Hamas or any other illicit actors. In addition, it does not bank or provide financial services to Justin's son. Desparte dismissed the allegation that Circle facilitated major flows of funds to Hamas or Hezbollah, claiming instead that these accusations are based on uncorroborated, unverified posts to social media. Only $160 is transferred in USDC among illicit wallets. The letter stated, adding that none was acquired from Circle. $160 is not going to fund an attack, Miss um, Warren. So, so $160 is not going to fund anything. Definitely not a military attack. I don't know. Maybe you can go out in your backyard and you can find some ants and you can drop a piece of cookie. Or an apple and $160 in that pile. And maybe the ants will do an attack. And that's all you can fund. So so, so get your campaign, Miss Warren, out of here. Go back to whence you came from. You know? So, anyway. Let's go to the SEC. Because we like to talk about the SEC on this show. You know? And let's see. The SEC is soliciting comments on Fidelity Spot Ethereum ETF application. The U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission called on the public to comment on a proposed rule change that could allow asset management firm Fidelity to offer shares of its spot Ether exchange traded fund. On November 30th, the SEC said interested persons may comment on the Fidelity offering Proposing the CBOE BZX exchange list and trade shares of Fidelity Ethereum Fund. Fidelity first filed for approval of the fund on November 17, becoming one of many firms looking at throwing their hats into the ring for a spot crypto ETF in the U.S. Okay. Um, James Seifart says it has long been known that Fidelity entered the spot ETF race. But this filing essentially starts the 240-day clock for their spot Ethereum ETF. Just another step in the process. 240 days is eight months. We are in December. So eight months from December is July. Let's look at July. Um, They said they will have definitive deadline dates for the coming weeks. So that to me means July. So the filing noted that investors in other countries, including Germany, Switzerland, and France, had opportunities to gain exposure to Ether through exchanges offering exchange-traded products, 
At the same time, the U.S. US regulated U.S. exchange-traded vehicle. Members of the public will have 21 days to submit comments upon the publication of the filing in the Federal Register. That's like a good idea for the crypto hipster. Let me know your thoughts. Let me think about that. You think the crypto hipster should uh, make some comments? Oh, oh, I should make some comments, all right. I already do every single week, but I think I should make them. So I'm going to research this. And next week on this show, I will tell you what I wrote to the SEC on public comments because they're public and I can make them. Let's go. Okay, so next one is U.S. Deputy Treasury Secretary calls for additional tools to sanction crypto firms. Why would you want to sanction a legitimate business? Well, maybe you, maybe it's not. Let's see. What's going on? Wally Adeyemo, Deputy Secretary for the United States Treasury Department, said his department is looking into new sanctions, tools to pursue bad actors in the crypto space, citing a recent settlement with Binance. Or, as Jenny Yellen says, Binance. It's Binance. Is it Jenny Yellen or somebody else? I think it was Jenny Yellen. Uh, in preparing remarks for the Blockchain Association's Policy Summit on November 29, Edayamo said the U.S. Treasury had called on Congress to allow sanctions in which an entity could be fully cut off from the U.S. financial system. The Deputy Sec- Treasury Secretary said the move aimed to stop actors such as Hamas from finding safe haven within the digital asset ecosystem, but also referenced U.S. authority settlement with crypto exchange Binance. Over several years, Binance allowed itself to be used by the perpetrators of child sexual abuse, illegal narcotics trafficking, and terrorism across more than 100,000 transactions, said Adiamo. Groups like Hamas, Al-Qaeda, and ISIS conducted these transactions. Well, if you ask me, these groups... Hamas, Al-Qaeda, and ISIS should be shut down and brought to swift justice. That's not saying that that's a far cry. It's a far cry from saying that everybody in crypto is illicit. That's just not true. You know, um, can't make blanket statements. You got to make specific statements. So as long as the government wants to get things right and do things the right way, then I think, it's, you know, it's good to partner. It's good to work with them. But if they want to make blanket statements that are false, 99% false to cover 100% of people, then they need to go back home with their heads back in the sand. Or actually, a little bit deeper in the sand. So, you know, once you do the right thing, have integrity and ethics. Oh, don't you know what that is? I don't know. Let's go. Um. Clear Runway opens for all Bitcoin ETF approvals in general. We're talking about Ethereum ETF. We're talking about Bitcoin. Bitcoin ETF. Spot exchange traded funds in the U.S. are now have now have a clear runway to potential simultaneous approvals after an advanced decision to delay the bids of Franklin Templeton and Hashdex ETFs. In uh, a post on November 28th, which was Tuesday, Bloomberg ETF analyst James Seifert said the U.S. Securities Exchange Commission delayed its decision on the applications 34 days earlier than the January 1st decision deadline. The SEC requested comments on forms by Franklin Templeton and Hashdex that are necessary for the ETFs to eventually be listed and start trading. The comment and rebuttal period will last for 35 days, so till December 28, right after Christmas. Cyprus 
Cypher and his colleague Eric Balchunas had placed 90% odds on spot Bitcoin ETF approvals by January 10. And the twin delays all but confirm that they say, he says, James says, all but confirms for me that this was likely a move to line every applicant up for potential approval by the January 10, 2024 deadline. Balchunas agreed, posting to X, Twitter X, that the SEC was probably looking to get out of the way and create a clear runway. What's that going to look like? A clear runway, January 10. What do you think? You think it's too soon? You think it's right on time? The halving is at the end of March. We are imminent for the next bull cycle. It's imminent. So in the next 30 days, 40 days, I can't tell you what to do, but to me, this would mean to buy Bitcoin and see your money grow, right? That's my thought. Let me know your thoughts. Your thoughts matter. FTX failure reveals flows, flaws, flaws in multifunction crypto asset intermediaries. The Financial Stability Board, the global body that monitors the financial services industry, released a report on November 28 claiming the crypto industry might need additional regulations to prevent another catastrophe on the scale of the FTX scandal. I should really be putting this under the global section, but I'm going to put it under the U.S. section because that's where it is. According to the report, the FSB said the market turmoil that ensured that ensued from the collapse of cryptocurrency exchange FTX brought to light the flaws in multifunction crypto asset intermediaries, MCIs, which are platforms that combine trading and related activities. And they say MCI vulnerabilities are not very different from those of traditional finance, including leverage, liquidity mismatch, technology and operational vulnerabilities and interconnections. However, in the case of MCIs, it said particular combinations and functions could exacerbate these vulnerabilities, such as MCI engagement and proprietary trading, market making on their own trading venues, and the lending and borrowing of crypto assets. Interesting report. The FSB said these vulnerabilities are amplified even more by what it called the lack of effective controls and transparency. We know there were no effective controls at FTX. We know that. Uh, they say there are also additional vulnerabilities stemming from the centrality of MCIs in the crypto asset ecosystem and their concentration and market power. Yep. All right. Tell us something we don't know. All right. Let's go to South America. What's over here? South America. Brazil. Brazilians may soon need to stump up taxes on crypto held abroad. All right. Brazilian may soon be required to pay up to 15% tax on income derived from crypto held on exchanges outside their country after new income tax rules were approved by the Federal Senate of Brazil on Wednesday. The bill has already been passed in the Chamber of Deputies and is expected to be approved by President Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva. His administration initiated the income tax rule changes. Under the bill, the Brazilian who earns more than 6,000 Brazilian reals, $1,200 in the U.S., on exchanges based outside Brazil will be subject to tax, effective January 1st. 
The change makes those funds taxable at the same rate as funds held domestically. Funds earned before that date would be taxed when accessed by the owner. And earnings on funds accessed before December 31st will be taxed at 8%. All right. Well, I mean, Brazil has, you know, half of their economy is a black market and they don't tax that. So how? So, you know, you play by the rules, you get taxed. You don't play by the rules, you don't play tax. It doesn't sound promising for getting out of the, you know, black market. But hey, what do you know? I don't live in Brazil. All I know is down the street from me. Coat Miles is a wonderful Brazilian steakhouse. Oh, they have pecana. They have, you know, they have um, sirloin steak. They have all kinds of, they come, they come to your table and they slice a little bit of meat off and they put it on your plate. You eat that up. It's so good. So good. And then this dessert they have, they have uh, tres leches and they have flan. And that flan, I could eat flan all day. But, you know, I don't want to pay Brazilian taxes, but I do want to eat flan. So, that's what it is. Let me know your thoughts. How do you like a Brazilian steakhouse? Let's go to Asia. We're gonna go skip Europe today. Europe, we're gonna like there was something about Spain, but I talked about paella last week. So let's go to North Korea. US Treasury sanctions crypto mixer Sinbad, alleged North Korean ties. The US Treasury Department's o- Office of Foreign Asset Control, OFAC, imposed sanctions on crypto mixer Sinbad. Not to, you know, um, confuse that with the comedian Sinbad. Um, alleging the platform was responsible for laundering funds for the North Korean-based hacking group Lazarus. These are bad people, the Lazarus people, I'm telling you. In November 29 announcement, OFAC said Sinbad had processed millions of dollars worth of virtual currency from Lazarus Group heists, including the June 2022 hack of Horizon Bridge the March 2022 hack of Axie Infinity's Ronin Bridge, and the June 23 hack of Atomic Wallet. The hacks resulted in a combined loss of roughly $820 million. Well, that's how North Korea is funded the military, right? Mixing services that enable criminal actors such as the Lazarus Group to launder stolen assets will face serious consequences, and they should, according to Wallet Adeyemo. Keep doing a good job. Deputy Secretary of the Treasury. The Treasury Department and its U.S. government partners stand ready to employ all tools at their disposal to prevent virtual currency mixers like Sinbad from facilitating illicit activities. Good job. Keep going. You know, get rid of the Sinbad. Get rid of, you know, whatever Black Manta, you know, um, what else? Grodd, you know, uh, Brainiac, whoever else you got to get rid of, you know, take them out. Do it. Binance uh, is operating without a license, by the way, in the Philippines. According to the regulator, cryptocurrency exchange Binance has been operating the Philippines without the necessary approval or license, according to the regulator. The Philippine Securities and Exchange Commission issued a warning against Binance on November 28, informing the public that the exchange is not authorized to sell or offer securities in the country. The announcement emphasized that an exchange like Binance must apply for registration and provide detailed information about offered securities before selling them to the public. Such detailed information includes the issuance price, the nature of securities, and other data. The Philippines Securities Regulation Code also requires securities issuers to be registered in the country before being offered for investment. 
The issuer should also acquire a secondary license to sell or offer securities to the public. The statement notes says, based on the commission's database, the operator of the platform Binance, Binance is not registered as a corporation in the Philippines and operates without the necessary license and or authority to sell or offer any form of securities as defined under Section 3.1 of SRC. Well, are they registered or they're not? They're saying they're not. So, in the Philippines, find a different uh, provider, right? Don't give up and buy on crypto. On crypto, you want to own crypto, especially if the U.S. approves a Bitcoin spot ETF coming up on January 10. You want to buy, but they say don't buy from Binance. So buy from Binance. Buy from somebody else if you can. I don't know the exchanges in the Philippines, but you have to find out. Japan. Let's go to Japan. Average value of undeclared crypto in Japan dropped 19% in 2022. According to Japan's tax authorities, the average value of undeclared income in crypto fell by 19% in 2022. Uh, the Japanese National Tax Agency released its yearly summary of tax investigations. A 13-page document also contains data on the probe into crypto tax evasion. The NCA initiated 615 investigations into citizens' crypto holdings based on their tax declarations for 2022, up from 444 in 2021. In 548 cases out of the 615, the agency found tax violations, a 35% increase over 2021, which had 405 evasion cases. However, the average value of undeclared crypto holdings dropped from 36590000 Japanese yen around $245,000 in 2021 to around $206,000 in 2022. Uh, well, the FSA in August said that citizens would be spared from a capital gains tax on unrealized gains in crypto. That's smart. That means they will not have to pay around 35% of taxes on those assets stored without trade operations during the fiscal year. So in order to pay taxes, you've got to trade. You know, in the U.S. here, we have long-term and short-term capital gains. And um, yours truly has no capital gains for the year of 2023. Zero. Bah. Hopefully, will in 2024 during the bull market, but nothing in 2023. Crypto investment platform. We're going to Dubai. Crypto investment platform, Facet, granted operational license in Dubai. Digital asset investment platform Facet was granted an operational license on November 29, according to the Dubai Virtual Asset Regulatory Authority VARA website. The virtual asset service provider license granted to Facet allows it to perform broker-dealer services legally in Dubai. The conditions of the license say that the platform is authorized to serve local institutional investors, qualified investors, and retail investors, too. The company was Initially based in London, though it now operates in Indonesia and Dubai, Facet's website also offers services in Indonesia, Malaysia, Bangladesh, Pakistan, and Turkey. They might have a they might have an audience in Philippines soon, maybe you know if finance can't be there. Finance. The Facet CEO Mohammed Rafi Hussein said, "Dubai is a great place for being a crypto business with globally recognized high standards of." VARA licensing systems. 
Very cool. Minary thoughts. And then we're going to go to close by a place called Abu Dhabi. All right. Abu Dhabi. Paxos has received an in-principle approval to issue stablecoins in Abu Dhabi. Crypto firm Paxos has secured an in-principle approval from Abu Dhabi's regulator on two fronts, to issue stablecoins and to conduct digital asset services. Paxos said on November 29, the Financial Services Regulatory Authority in Abu Dhabi Global Market had granted in-principle approval for the company to issue United States dollar-backed stablecoins, as well as offer crypto brokerage and custody services in the Emirate. The approval followed a similar move by regulators in Singapore, where Paxos said its local entity would launch a U.S. dollar-backed stablecoin. There's the Paxos USD coin, right? It's still there, right? Said our IPAs and the SFSRA on the heels of our IPA from the Military Authority of Singapore solidify our commitment to pursuing international growth through regulatory regulated frameworks, said Paxos head of strategy, Walter Hessert. Paxos is unique in the industry for the approach, and we will continue expanding our regulatory licensing to serve global enterprises as a trusted, innovative partner. Congratulations, Paxos. Good job. Let's go to Africa. Okay. Africa. What's going on over here? Stakeholder urges swift implementation of Nigeria's blockchain policy. A stakeholder in the blockchain and fintech ecosystem has called on the federal government of Nigeria to implement regulations that will foster the widespread integration of approved blockchain policy in the country. Nigeria's national blockchain policy aims to deliver economic growth, job creation, and more financial inclusion. Obina Awunyo, the president of the Stakeholders and Blockchain Association of Nigeria, Saiban, an association of blockchain and digital asset industry players advocating for a friendlier digital asset landscape in Nigeria, recently highlighted this during an interview at the National Information Technology Development Agency and Stakeholders in Blockchain Technology Association of Nigeria's Stakeholders Policy Dialogue held in Lagos. That is a very that's the longest title. I think I've ever heard for a conference. Whoa. Let's read it again. I've got to take a breath here a second. National Information Technology Development Agency and Stakeholders in Blockchain Technology Association of Nigeria Stakeholders Policy Dialogue. Wow. Iwunyo stressed the necessity of establishing a forward-thinking regulatory framework to accelerate the infusion of blockchain technology to diverse sectors of the economy. Very cool. Don't ask me to say that conference one more time because, like, I almost knocked myself out. My ribs hurt now. But, hey, that's what it is. Australia. Whoa. I didn't think we'd be talking about this. Australia's confusing new crypto tax guidance is toilet paper, says law firm. Toilet paper. Australia's controversial new guidelines for cryptocurrency taxation should be ignored for being unclear and should probably be seen as toilet paper, according to an Australian law firm. And we're Australia right now. On November 9, the Australian tax office released guidance that could impact how investors and traders involved in the centralized finance report their taxes. And we talked about this for the past two weeks on this show. I talked about how stupid it sounded. On Monday, um, on a blog, Kadena Legal noted the guidance was non-binding instead of a binding public ruling, 
arguing that such guidance should be seen as toilet paper. Hey, you know what? I agree with you. Actually, I got to tell you, I used toilet paper earlier today and like it, it was good because I used I used ultra soft. But this 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 toilet paper we're talking about here in Australia, that's like it looks like either sandpaper or cardboard or something. It's really nasty and looks like it would hurt, you know, like, you know, we need something ultra soft because like, you know, oh, because you get bad, you get bad toilet paper and you're going to get hurt for like a few days at least. I mean, you use that, man, I'm telling you. You don't want you don't want to. So never take the Australian documents, taxation documents to the bathroom with you. That's my advice. It's not it's not financial advice. It's just health. It's health and wealth. Baby, let's go. The law firm noted that there was a lot of confusion about what the Australians can do with DeFi without triggering a capital gains tax. The firm's founder, Harrison Dell, later remarked to to uh, and said the uh, issue will be resolved with a public ruling. If the ATO released a public ruling, we could all rely on that. But instead, we have this non-binding nonsense, which makes everybody more confused and will probably be re- reduced willing tax compliance by the Australian crypto community. Just don't hand it to me while I'm in the John, man. That's all. That's all. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate it. Have a nice day. Let's go to the last article. Australian tries again to combat future sectors. Crypto scams. What's this all about? A consultation paper on a new framework for addressing consumer and business scams proposed by Australia's Department of the Treasury considers applying sector-specific codes and standards to banking and cryptocurrency scams, among others. The paper adds to the efforts of the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission to combat scams via the annual Scams Awareness Week initiative. It also reveals Australia's plan to assign mandatory industry codes to each different type of scam. The proposed Scams Code Framework Consultation Paper, uh, announced November 30th, yesterday by Assistant Treasurer Stephen Jones and the Minister for Communications, Michelle Rowland, aims to delegate clear rules and responsibilities to government and private entities when combating scams. This includes ensuring the key sectors and the scams ecosystem have measures in place to prevent, detect, disrupt, and respond to scams, including sharing scam intelligence across and between sectors. Treasury clarified. Hey, anybody got an Australian dollar? You got you guys got the dollar, right? You got that's the biggest scam I've seen, you know. Fiat currency. Quite a scam. You know? But you don't list you don't list your currency, do you? You don't list your dollar. You don't list the Australian dollar. You just listed everything else, right? I understand. I see how this works. You gonna pull the rug over my eyes. Let me know your thoughts. And that, my friends, is a wrap. For uh, the X Factor, episode 68 with the Crypto Hipster. We'll see you next Friday, each and every Friday here. Have a beautiful week.